Ted Barrow, East Coast Podcaster. What the fuck is up, skaters? What up? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, uh, what is up? Uh, you up, skaters? Um, that that's if I had a Tinder, that that's how I that's how I do it. Um, yeah, uh, we are back. This is Vent City number fifteen one five, and we are coming to you live from the offices of Tempe, Arizona, Manhattan, New York. I think, and uh, the borough of Chicago near Indiana. Wow. Pretty much. That's right, right? So far, this is going yeah. great, man. I'd say this is top, <laughs> well, top yeah, we three We don't normally so get geography in the beginning. I like it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought we should do some justice to show how, uh, you know, how, how geographically diverse yeah. we are. Uh, we cover, we cover everything except for the Southeast because... From what I heard, Florida doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Nobody likes Ed Salego. Oh man, um, Ed Salego came up the other day. So I uh, I asked I asked innocently on the the public application um, of Twitter, Twitter.com. Uh, I inquired, hey, who who? Because I was thinking about this because of our buddy Ryan had his rough cut on yes. Thrasher, and I was thinking about the Nolly, and I was thinking about the Nolly as uh, you know as as a trick that obviously couldn't exist until we had the infrastructure for it, um, which yep. was the nose of a skateboard. And I was thinking, man, who, who, who are the best nolliers? And I put out, a, a, you know, an open-ended sort of request. And I was like, and I started with Matt Miller and Ryan Lay. I kind of said, all right, here are the two. And I very quickly got schooled hard. I'm like, well, obviously Apollo D. No, obviously Salman Aga. Like, yep. I, the Godfather. But, but Salmon didn't do anything high. Yeah, he did. Right? Like, some, yeah, he did. He, he no, went over fire no. hydrants. No, he, 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 I'm uh, willing to bet that any uh, nollie that happened over a fire hydrant before '95 <laughs> was a sideswipe. I guarantee you, it it did not. It shifted over the top. I am happy to say that Salmon played an integral role in bringing the nollie into the center of skateboarding and making it less of a sort of. Uh, you know, uh, outer limits trick. Um, yep. But Salmonaga is not known for doing a, any single thing uh, in an exceptional manner. I mean, um, his whole thing was he did everything switch, switch, right? And that's sick. That's super rad. He was the first like switch, really, really switch guy. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to say that I don't see him making a lot of um, nerdy lists about top five anything except like top five innovators of switch stance skateboarding. Okay. So I have a hard time putting him on a nolly list. Hmm. Yeah. Well, did you get... So what are you getting at? You, well, so you got, Ed Salego, someone brought up Ed Salego. Someone brought up a, a nolly that, that Ed Salego did. did in Tucson? And that's in the audio video, right? Yes, it's an unfathomable nollie really? over a curb, over a gap, into a bank that's too steep to ollie into. Huh? Yeah, I'll take you there when you come. Okay, and we'll just look at it and we'll say, "Yep, we can't skate that." There are some <laughs> interesting sort of like uh, maybe's on there, right? Like Jeff Lenoch. Oh yeah. Um, because you know he's, it, I know him as a nollie heel guy, um, but does mm -hmm. that that imply that he is also a nollie guy? I don't know. Yeah. Fuck, I'm trying to think of a straight nollie of his. 
I can think of a backside one over. I think he's rail. got some over um, exactly over handrails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's a weird one. I don't know, but obviously then you got uh, you got kind of the the inspiration for Ryan, which is Matt Field, was kind of a straight nollier. It was pretty mm-hmm. pretty unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Did you get Kenny Reed? Kenny Reed, I didn't say. I don't <laughs> think anyone really brought up Kenny Reed. Um, Matt just Field has the is one. easier for me to think of. Right, right. Steve Brandy was brought up. In fact, by Pat Steiner. Pat Steiner threw Steve Brandy into the mix, um, and he actually he had a nolly nose. That's just static solidarity, though. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like, what I thought. That, also. That's super biased, man. They're, they're just kind of homies. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Joe Meinholtz is a nollier, but I don't think he's done any exceptional ones that I can think of. But maybe I'd have to reconsider. I mean, there's a bunch of those dudes. Jake Rupp probably has an amazing nolly that I can't think of. Yeah, good call. Our guy the, Chris, you recall Chris Lawton, right from uh, Nottingham? the English skater and organizer, he brought off Gustav Eden, who I didn't even realize had a good nollie, but I'm, I'm happy to accept it. I would love to see that. I haven't seen it and Mm -hmm. I'll accept it. I'll accept it on, uh, on hearsay. Um, and the other one that people kept, uh, going for, and this is tough because I'm having a brain fart right now. Um, we can we can obviously erase this out of respect. Uh, oh, Davis <laughs> Davis Torgerson from Minneapolis. What the fuck, man? Oh yeah, he nollies some shit. He know he nollies some shit. Gap. That's uh, but your reaction, Ted, is interesting because your reaction seems to be like the broader. Uh, I'm not down with Davis Torgerson as a unique skateboarder sort of reaction. Uh, no, no, no. So I'm not more. down with him as an exceptional nollier, except for the nollie front hurricane from Boondoggle in like 2007. No, he, he, uh-huh. he nollied that that street that Kirchart did the backside flip on that you get towed in on a bike. That counts. Oh, he straight nollied yeah. over it? Uh-huh. Dude, Dane Berman fucking nollie healed it, but like at a point <laughs> where like it's... Where it's I think you could probably land like not over the crack and yeah. still ride over the part where he landed. Um... I love, uh, well, I don't know if I love him. I've met David Storgerson. He's a very kind fellow. <laughs> I, I, every, in my all head, indications he's, are he's a great, great human being. Yeah. In my head, he's a switch skater. Uh, I, and maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention, which happens a lot. Well, I think, um, not to get too like nerdy on this, if that's even possible, but um, I think we're also like, you know, someone like Ryan or Matt Miller, like they, they're known for their, like multiple nollies, whereas like some of these dudes just did like one nollie. Yeah. You know? So that list is like, it's right. ki- kind of tough. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, also just like the, the well of folks who have nollied over a bump to bar, it's just like absurdly short. Yeah, right. It's just like a tiny list. Yeah. I mean, probably in order for the list to work, you should be known like as a nollie guy, right? Like, yeah. As, you didn't, as someone you didn't just who, pull one out. Yeah. As now I just want to know, like this is purely personal, but as someone who once claimed on this show that if I really tried, I could probably nolly salad grind a 10 stair rail. Um, <laughs> where does that put so. me on the overall nolly yeah. list you hierarchy? Sh- you just missed. You're at 11. I'm at 11, right? No, like, yeah. 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 Was, you just, you barely skim past the list. Okay. You mean yeah. just by having spoken of an Ollie? Yeah. yeah where yeah. do you stand on the list? Right. Right. I, right. I claim that I could probably do a pretty good one if I really tried to salad grind down a 10 stair rail. <laughs> I would, lo- I would, I would love to sit there and see it. 
And I would love to call the uh, healthcare professionals. I feel like I'm getting um, strong deja vu. Did I, did this exact conversation happen the first time I, I claimed it? <laughs> I think we were. No, I think we were a bit too generous the first time you claimed it. <laughs> were y'all just we like just went with it? Yeah. Okay. Probably, yeah, we were just, okay, we were just cool. like, yeah, yeah, dude, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, right. My my great my great nollier in my mind, um, other than Ryan. I, which I guess I can say because he's not here. I would never say it to his face. Um, but is John Rattray down Rincon? Oh, hell yeah. It's like, it's yeah. just like, it's kind of floppy. Like, it's it does. It's not like a, you know, it's not like one of those ones that like sucks up to the feet or whatever. He just like clacks his nose and goes down Rincon. I, and you're like, I would describe his nolly as Elvin. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's sort of cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cute and gnarly, like um, yeah, exactly. Like, um, like easy on the eyes could kill you, but it would involve ar- archery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure he has like a a ton of just 17th century methods of destroying a human life. Yeah. Um, you, you're saying because he's Scottish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and because yeah. he's kind of just like he's got like a wily personality. All right. We're going to talk about some new things that have happened with us. We're also going to talk about some terrible things that have happened to us. And we're going to talk about some terrible videos. No, I'm just kidding. Um, We're going to talk about some videos that we have mixed opinions about. Um, (laughs) First off, (laughs) the bay was graced by two Teds who had plans to meet up, but they didn't. The bay. You call it the bay, right? Yeah. The bay. Yeah. There's one bay. There's, Green Bay. We were in Wisconsin. There's the bay and there's the city. Yeah. Um, we Well, you know, we were on either sides of the bay at times, but also in the same city. But you were there. Yes. You overlapped and you didn't see each other. No. No. Yeah. We we were going to meet up that uh, that Monday, uh, which is my first night in. Then I had to leave. I'll talk about that in a second. But Ted, yeah. you were there for a long ass fucking time. I was. And you were doing what I assume is family stuff, skate stuff? Yeah, all of the above, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my mom lives there. My family, most of my family lives there. I was born just north of San Francisco. Half Moon Bay? Bolinas, bro. No, wait. What is it? Bolinas. Half Moon Bay South. Mm. I'm going to act like I know these places. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Fuck. Oh, right by Monterey? Sick. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, oh, Jeremiah Smith. Yeah, I've been there. Half Moon Bay is kind of like the uh, flagstaff of. Uh, <laughs> isn't uh, isn't that near Grass Valley? That's where the grass no, are no, got. No, no, uh, no. Grass Valley is more of a Sedona. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, a little more chill vibes. Yeah, so. yeah, mountainous kind of mystic. Anyway, uh, yeah, but really, what happened was I just had the best sessions of my life every goddamn time my foot touched the skateboard. And I'm not saying I was like skating amazingly, but I was just like having so much fun. I don't know. For some reason over the last year, and it might be like the GX videos or whatever, but like I've just looked at skateboarding in San Francisco and like been excited about skateboarding in San Francisco on a whole, mm-hmm. on a much higher level. And yep. it just, you know, sometimes you go to a place and you just know that like this is where cool things are happening. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't felt that way about San Francisco for 25 years. Hmm. But, um, it was, I, it just sort of, the air felt charged in this really exciting way. So I, I'd like to ask a couple of specific questions about 
um, because uh, one of the things that of course happens now is that I was able to follow your skateboarding adventures because you are not you are not exactly shy with sharing your adventures on Instagram. One and might say I'm shameless. I have enough of an understanding of. I have enough of understanding of sort of the, the geography of San Francisco to kind of, you know, be engaged. Cause I got a sense of like where you're at and who you're with. And I know some of those people, et cetera. But the one, the, the one spot that I continue to not understand and to just like makes my heart flutter every time I see it is, is that up on twin peaks Yeah, where there, so talk a little bit about that spot and what, what it's like up there. Okay. Um, well th- my friend, Charles Lamb, who's been living in San Francisco for the last five years has, uh, been kind of just going up there every afternoon and taking a very chill bomb down. And it's just like, it's very easy to take a bus from like downtown San Francisco up to the top of this hill. Then you walk to walk up this like little mountainside. And then this is perfectly smooth asphalt next to a barrier that you can wall ride and or skate if you're good and or have pop. And, um, it's just beautiful. It's just picturesque. You have the entire peninsula below you and like the streets gridded out and you see the bay and it's just, but you're kind of in nature, you know? Right. And there's just other skaters there. It seems to be a, a meetup place and you fl- skate flat ground and skate little obstacles and just bullshit in this incredibly picturesque setting. And then you take a very, very mellow winding hill bomb down to the city again. It's just really, really nice. It could be like a warm up spot. It could be a wind down spot. Once you get down to this intersection, there are just multiple little like different bombing hill options you can take, like a really steep one or another mellow. Cali to hide. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Backside ninth. um, There's Corbett. There's fucking, (laughs) but um, I don't know. I mean, it just, it's, cool. It's just like not a type of skateboarding I do very much and anyone can do it. It's sometimes gnarly. It's sometimes, um, boring, but it's always fun. Um, so yeah, so there's that now I did that my first day and that's like just a really cool way to kind of get a view of the city and like skate flat and then, and then you kind of dip back into it. It's, it's cool. I mean, you know, I, so we spend so much time skating under bridges or like in parking lots or in crappy, like kind of forgotten places that sometimes it's really exciting. We all know this to skate in like an exalted space where you yeah. have a good view. Like I've never been to that Stalin square, but like, it looks like it's like in a cool looking place, you know, sometimes the backdrop yeah, yeah. really does matter. And that seemed to be, Maybe that's the thing is like every place I skate in San Francisco seemed to have like a really cool backdrop. Yeah. And again, like the visual component where over the last few years, I've been watching way more videos of San Francisco skating. So that backdrop is like exciting to, um, find yourself within. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ted Schmitz, what were you doing out there? I was, uh, seeing, uh, how, how bad of a mix of, personal and professional lives I could get. Um, Just like how extreme you want to take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, Monday morning, uh, well, just I'll just say uh, I was starting my first day uh, working with Thrasher Magazine um, as uh, a a temporary, uh, but hopefully to turn into a permanent uh, web editor on the site. So I'd be writing the copy, you know, the things that say... uh, 
on that sidebar, you know, when the videos go up, like we all know that Frankie Spears is the fucking <laughs> heftiest uh, <laughs> fucking East Coast uh, powerhouse, Frank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Frankie Spears' unparalleled front 360 ability <laughs> comes to a head in this untouchable vid. Peep now if you want to hear the stoke. Um, or regret it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was, uh, so I was, I was starting there. Um, they just have like everybody's kind of writing um, the captions, like everybody does a little bit, and you know they kind of want to make sure that you know it's one person's job and to to, to help them. You know, kind of copy edit, do stuff like that. Um, the the pool of skaters who read and know sentence structures like really small, so I kind of fit into this weird little and and who don't have like promising careers otherwise. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> so uh, so I went to go start that. Um, I did my first day, and everybody's super cool. Um, I I saw the office, which is more populated. Then I remembered it, and I think a lot of people were even still out of town. But um, yeah, just you know, met some of the designers and and some of the people doing the website, and um, and then about halfway through my day, Wait, uh, my before, girlfriend. Sorry, before we get to that, Ted, I wanted to ask you some questions about Thrasher, if I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, just to leave the because what I feel like once we open that door, we're going to go down a whole a whole hallway. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess the one it's question, literally a hallway. The, but yeah. the big question I have about this is like I've had a whole lot of curiosity for a while about like voice within writing of Thrasher's captions. Um, and it sounds yeah. like what you're saying is that it's actually kind of done by committee. Um, is there is there like, a, you know, brands will have um, their sort of uh, value propositions and brands will define themselves by characteristics. We are this over this, right? And you, we talk about yeah. like um, guardrails where we're in between these two kind of values. Um, yeah. How much talk was there about Thrasher's ethos or Thrasher's voice or Thrasher's kind of brand? We probably talked for maybe about 20 minutes about it. And most of it was basically saying like, part of it was just, simple guides like we don't say i right like yeah. there's no there's no i that writes the content it's it's we the sodies are our guy like mm. stuff like that just like conventions to kind of understand that what gets pushed out through the site is coming from sort of like the authority of the organization of the magazine um but on top of that it was that they just sort of loosely talked about how it's kind of like it's a little bit epic. It's a little bit snarky. It's like a little bit aggressive. Yeah. Like that. Those are that. Like that's kind of the ideal blend that they're kind of merging there. And and I actually have an issue. I had had an issue with it, um, kind of understanding what that voice was. And and still, you know, I, I'm not like some expert. You know, I I've done very little work. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I came to Thrasher through. Sieben, um, in, in more ways than one. But when, what I knew of text from Thrasher from 2005 to 2017 was Sieben. Right. Like I read his one pagers. They were super fucking funny. I always just like, I loved not only his like art, like when he was doing Bueno and, and, uh, Roger and stuff, but, uh, I just thought his, his voice is funny, dude. Um, and it was just, absurdist kind of irreverent takes on 
skating and getting older and, and yeah. skating being a really hard thing to do. But then there's this other part of it, which is basically like the, the magazine has like a long history that's not Michael Sieben's voice. He was just a contributor, like an op-ed writer, basically. Right. And, uh, and that part of it was basically like to illustrate the transcendent radical epicness of really high ability skating and to treat it like it was both physically high stakes and emotionally high stakes. And, and so, um, I mean, they didn't describe it as such. That's kind of how I view it, but they were basically like, you know, like this guy's putting it all out there and like, you know, this, you know, they're fucking charging. This is a battle. Uh, and so they kind of impressed on me the idea that it's not just like, fucking you know like what if eric andre like wrote the junk drawer like it was more just um to understand that it's a sort of blend and that starting off i'm going to write things and then pass them through the filters of the people who've been there right and they'll sort of like i wrote way too long on a bunch of shit like i wrote paragraphs for every video that was going up and they're like it's two sentences dude like chill out like we don't need James Brockman's whole history like nobody's talking about subject to change here like right so their voice is uh sort of built on it I guess a sort of tradition um and and mostly it's kind of filtered through yeah Burnett and Tony now like they kind of that's like their kind of voice and their their take on Thrasher's historical voice that's if right. that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, uh, some of them are a little fucking cheesy, but uh, it's actually kind of fun to know going into it like that you can be kind of goofy, but ultimately you have to circle back to the call to action to watch a video. Right. But like the last one I wrote was Frankie Villani grinds the hot dog off his truck. Like it's it's sort of advertisery mm-hmm. if that's a word mm-hmm. um <laughs> like it needs like you can't you can't do what i sometimes do on this show which is you can't denigrate people right who's skating you're not down with right. like the magazine doesn't really hate people skating on aesthetic merit right right so. which which makes all sorts of sense but it also like you know the the fundamental task of we're going to Every time we post a video, we're going to post a little bit of copy that is going to encourage you to watch this video leads to some like just just that sort of like that task, that job, that sort of M.O. of like here. Here are a few quick words that are going to tell you who this is, sort of give you a sense of the magazine's relationship to him. Right. Like he's an East Coaster. He's from down south. He's our guy, as you said. Um, yeah. It has in the past led to some very, very, very funny pieces of copy. And I, <laughs> I wish, I would, like, were this a different podcast, I would have spent all day compiling some of the most, like, ludicrous uh, ones. Oh, but the, the the best one is about Mark Johnson putting his balls on, uh, <laughs> what, what, like, other people who are competing with him or spots or something. I can't even remember, but... That that is a, that was tremendous. I I didn't have the the guts to kind of get into that. I was uh, I was at a well. I, I that's just not something you would do on your first day anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 
What about this four-year-old caption about Mark Johnson's balls on Twitter? Is that are we? Can we go back to that? Can we can we revisit that? I'd like to revisit it if I if I can get any. You know, once I get some footing. Um, but yeah, uh, well, that's um, rad, man. Congrats on you the know, gig. The magazine's voice is not my voice, but I'm there to facilitate it. Or if I do well, I'll be a facilitator of it. Rad. That's rad. Rad. Kyle, what have you been up to? I'm uh I'm writing a thing right now. It's funny that you brought up uh spots that are incredibly beautiful and um majestic because I'm writing a thing about a parking lot that's right around the corner. Um it's like thirty five hundred square feet. It's black top, it's shiny, it ruins your wheels like the biggest question I always have is like, is this worth, like, is, is yeah. it worth the wheels that I'm on right now to go to go and meet my friends at this spot? But yeah, it's fully, it's just like a big blacktop lot. Um, it's next to a bank. So, you know, it's hours are super regular and they're, they have no problem with us skating there after hours, um, or on Sundays. Uh, but the, you know, the only appeal of this lot is that it's got 10, uh, parking blocks and they're all rub bricked. And, you know, several of them are waxed very, very nicely. Um, and so I'm trying to write a thing about this lot and um, I'm doing it for a journal that's sort of academic and not uh, not super interested. I'm not super interested in doing the thing that anyone who has written for a non skate specific audience has done, which is trying to like do the argument of like, Hey, here's why skateboarding is worth your time. Like there's this yeah. sort of rhetorical, um, lifting that you have to do Yeah, as both you guys know, like anytime you talk to anyone who's, or especially in writing, anytime you write for anyone who's not a skater, you've got to kind of like do this, like, I don't know. I, I feel like you can do it in probably about 300 words. It's like, here's the, you know, the, the truncated history, here's what it is and what it isn't. And here's why it's important and why it's important almost always these days has something to do with it being in the Olympics. So yes. I'm trying to find a way sort of around, um, the work that you always have to do. Uh, and it's you should hard. explain the movement of a 360 flip. Yeah, it flips once laterally and on the, <laughs> yeah. the right z-axis. Please, uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's tough. It's tough shit. And like you know, we've we've read some copy in the past that we've been like, hey, this is this seems sort of ludicrous. But the fact is, is like you have to do that stuff, right? And yeah. you know, and I guess I guess we did. We talked a little bit last year about Wheelie Staley's. Um, Tyshawn piece Tyshawn, in the New York yeah. Times. Um, and I think one of the things that was so good about that and one of the reasons why so many of us responded to it is that it we didn't feel like we were being pandered to. Like he he walked that line very well of being like, okay, this is the New York Times. We have to address uh, a whole lot of people who are not skateboarders. Um, yeah. But also, like if we want anyone to talk about it within skateboarding, we can't just write it that way. Anyway, so I've been working yeah. on that. Uh, and it's, you know, it's fine. I haven't been skating, which sucks because it's shitty here in Chicago. Um, it's wintry before it was wintry. It was like, it was doing that weird thing where it's like the ground sweats where it's, oh, it yeah, never yeah. rains, oh, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. ground just like emits this kind of inner mm -hmm. fluid and it just fucking sucks. So I haven't, I haven't skated in a while. So yeah, it's weird. It's weird to join you guys here and talk about skateboarding and, uh, <laughs> I feel embarrassed. Like I didn't do, I didn't do the nose blunt. I didn't do the switch nose wheelie. You can get one of those pretty easy. <laughs> Unless, uh, 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 do you, do you ache? Like, so I, does it hurt to go skating when it's that cold? Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a very hard time with it. Um, yeah. 
you know, and this is something this might actually transition us back a little bit to the reason why. Ted, you had to leave San Francisco is one of the things I've been dealing with physically is that, um, in the middle of December, uh, we put my dog to sleep, my 14 year old, very large dog, um, who was just like my absolute best friend in the world. And that threw off a whole lot of things for me. Um, but more than, more than that, like physically for the last kind of five to six weeks of her life, I had to lift her up and down the stairs. I live on the second floor. Um, yeah. And I, so we have this harness. She was a 70 pound dog. She was like a German shepherd mix. Um, but for those weeks I had to basically carry her up and down the stairs, you know, five times a day. Uh, and it just, it just did, it just murdered my lower back. I still have like a neck thing and my shoulders. So a lot of it is just the fact that like, I'm not recovered emotionally or physically. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I commend you for that effort, dude. I mean, that's what you do for love, man. Man, and, uh, it's it, hard. From 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 the outside, I didn't meet your dogs when I went to Chicago, but from from viewing what you've put out of your relationship of them online, it uh, it seemed unique and relatable. Yeah, uh, yeah, we you, were homies. You took really good care of them. We were homies, and uh, goddamn, dude. Yeah. So so you're, I, you know the. the you're, you're much closer to the sort of blast radius of losing a dog than I am. Um, how are, how are you doing with it? Uh, not so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So just briefly, I went to San Francisco, um, to go to work that night. Um, and throughout the day kind of, uh, my girlfriend was texting me and, and calling me and telling me he was acting kind of weird he was just fucking staring at the back of the couch for like an hour and just, we knew something was up. She knew something was up. I was on the phone and then, uh, and he, he, he wasn't drinking and he had, he had uh, a seizure when I was on FaceTime with him. So she took him to the 24 hour vet, which is not fucking cheap at Jesus. all. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I asked the dude to, at the mag if I could go back, the, if I could go home the next day, that Tuesday, I, my trip ended up being, something like 28 hours. Um, I came back home and, uh, and it sucked. Um, but I was able to see him and, uh, unfortunately, uh, they make you say out loud with your own voice when it's time for them to come in and kill him. Really? And, uh, it's not fucking easy. Yeah. And it sucks. And, uh, yeah, I had had my dog for almost nine years and same thing, you know, best friend. Um, when he was younger, he could pull me on a skateboard. He was a 17 pound Jack Russell Terrier. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was a remarkable shithead too. Just like absolute troublemaker. Never liked a dog that was bigger than him. Always wanted to start trouble. And, um, but yeah, joined me on a lot of sessions um, and it's, it's hard to think about letting go of a future that you had imagined for yourself. So, um, that happened and that was the day before my birthday. Uh-huh. And then that day, like I'm, you know, we've all had loss and shit, but like my grandpa died when I was way too young to kind of internalize what somebody else's death was, I think. And, uh, 
Yeah, dude. I fucking like yelled crying. Like yeah. yelling came out of my mouth that I couldn't stop. So and uh, did you have the thing? So one of the things that's been hard for me and Ted Barrow, I'd love to hear you talk about this also. Um, one of the things that's been hard for me is that as you're mourning, like as you're grieving, right? Like as you're yeah. grieving the loss of this, like, you know, nine years, you said, and for me, it was 14 years. Like this yeah. was like there, there are very few people I've had a closer relationship with in this dog. But the thing yeah. that kept getting at me and it kept needling at me. And, you know, I talked to my therapist about this. I talked to my loved ones about this was like, there is, there's this sort of voice that was in my head that was kind of like, yo, it's a dog, you know? And like a, a dear friend of mine here in uh, Chicago, a, a person I look up to and admire so much, uh, recently, you know, in the weeks before I lost my dog, lost his mother and it happened yeah. suddenly. And so yeah. it was, it, there was a part of me that as I was grieving, this dog was also like thinking like, come on. And not to mention we're at fucking war, right? Like that. Yeah. We live in a, 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 a world of great injustice and, and, and terrible loss and emotional, just like terror. Um, did you, do you feel that or are you able to like grieve and, and do it a hundred percent or, or are you pulled out of it by that sort of like, hold on now? I, I think that, uh, what, what you said is entirely like a, a real experience that you have to go through and, and you do it while owning it or, or while being a partner to it is that like, dude, I fucking took him in target and people would tell him to leave. And I'd be like, why the fuck would this no, mm -hmm. it's like a little person. We're cool. Like, mm -hmm. and I had kind of made a leap to, I'm, I just take a leap further than most people with animals. And so, um, but I did feel that way. Like when I went to the, to the mag to ask, like if I could go home, I kind of felt stupid. Yeah. Like, which is like, I felt really bad, but it's kind of weird. Like if somebody hasn't maybe had that kind of relationship with another animal, yeah. uh, or they have like, Lot, gone through significant loss like of like of another human being or like a loved one um it can seem trivial and i totally understand that um but i a lot of the shit was just really kind of self-serving where i was just like you know what dude i feel like fucking crying so i'm just gonna cry i don't even give a shit about anything right now like yeah the news was terrible while it was happening like right. fucking soleimani happened maybe a week before and then uh you know, Iran took out those fucking air bases right. the day before. And I was just like, couldn't, I couldn't care fucking less. And that's not a good way to be a reasonable person. Yeah. Um, but it's a good way to be the, the, the type of person who would be emotionally attached to a dog, uh, in the first place is probably not the type of person who puts the like greater, uh, utility, of the world's population above their immediate experience. So, yeah, I think that last that, statement is a little, that's like, um, that's not fair. Cause I think that like to sort of respond to both of what, what both of you are saying, um, <clears throat> you know, I think in many ways losing a pet is harder than losing a loved one. Uh, or it's a different kind of difficulty and it's a, it's a more intense and more emotional kind of grief because like, whether it be like heartbreak or losing a parent or losing a sibling, mm -hmm. God forbid losing a child. I don't know if this is comparable, but there's a kind of understanding that um, with an older family member, they're going to die. 
you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like yeah. part of your, you're like loving them and part of your like understanding them and your understanding the fundamental basis of your humanity is like recognizing yourself in this person human and rec- yeah. seeing them age and seeing them get weaker or, you know, just recognizing that your own mortality that is human. And yeah. the, the difference between that and like a relationship and a love with an animal is that, um, and you know, is, is that it's so subjective that it's tied up with these like kind of like adoration and companionship and what you think their personality is, what they're thinking, which you can never truly know, but also you are getting to know them as like a species and a companion in their own right, you know? And that's so, uh, that is like, it is like losing a part of you, you know? Um, that's very different. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm not, you know, I haven't lost a pet. I've lost a father and that was, you know, I underestimated the amount of grief that would go along with it, but it was never extreme in that way. It was never something that like broke me down at any time. It was one that sort of gradually chipped away, um, Mm -hmm. and was irreplaceable. And I, and I, I would argue that, you know, yes, Pets are also irreplaceable, but they're not in another way too, you know? How do you guys, how do you guys, uh, think that your relationship or your practice of skateboarding, um, relates to it? Like Ted Schmitz, since you're like, I, I was able to go skating about a week later, um, and I, I say able to go skating, not because like finally my grief allowed me to, but because it was, it's Chicago and the weather was shitty. And I like yeah. the next week I went and met up at Wilson park with like the old dudes. Um, and you know, all the, all the like guys who I love came up and hugged me and showed me all sorts of support. And I was just moved again. Right. I mean, one of the things that's happened in this is I just keep getting moved and moved and moved by people reaching out, getting a letter from friends, you know, like it's, it's an incredibly powerful sequence of stuff to go through. Um, how like Ted Barrow, when, when you went through the loss of your father and Ted Schmitz, like you right now, like, does this make you, does it change anything for you? what skateboarding is? Are you, are you feeling like more reckless? Do you feel mm. hungrier to get out there and skate or does it seem totally frivolous and stupid to you? Like what, what is skating to you in the midst of mourning? Uh, if I could answer this first, just cause I think my situation is a bit different. Um, you know, it's weird that skateboarding actually kind of returned to my life in a much more, um, kind of like vital way within a couple of weeks after of my father dying. And it was partly through like the network of friends and community that I had that I may have yeah. needed to rely on a bit more, but also the act, um, through, I don't know, outside circumstances, but I do remember in the midst of it, uh, before, like at one point, like f- going to the skate park out near Berkeley and, and falling on a ledge trick and just being like, Oh, I can't do this. Like while I was, while he was sick and on his deathbed, um, I sort of didn't realize how much that had consumed me in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, the thing about like, I don't know, I'm, I'm very curious to hear if while you were, while you're, I don't I want to hear your process too, is what I mean to say. But, um, 
that it, you know, there's something so pointless about skateboarding sometimes that that's what's it's, it can save you. But there's sometimes where you're just like, no, I don't want to risk getting hurt physically right now because I'm my, my fucking world is crumbling, you know, like it's enough just to be remain upright right now, not force, you know, not risk falling on accident and physical pain too. But, um, after there's something also decisive about the post death moment where you're just like, uh, you're bereft, but you're Mm -hmm. also unencumbered. And I felt, I found that skateboarding filled a really nice place in that empty space there. Hmm. Yeah. I guess this maybe hits the point that we touched earlier. I definitely don't want to, I don't know what it's like to, to, um, lose a family member. Um, I had had some, I have lost some friends as I'm sure we all have. Um, and that feels pretty fucking bad. Um, it hurts more the older you get. I don't know if that's, if you guys feel that way, but yep. With with this loss, um, you know, some of my friends have, when they've gone, you know, we'll take a few days. Or I remember even skating sometimes the next day, um, which is always really weird because it was kind of you needed the community of people because right. that they were a part of, but you also like didn't want to like stress on like a kickflip no slide. It was <laughs> like so yeah. Um, but at least with this thing, um, I found just like a. I didn't have a long time. Like I, he didn't get old and sick. Like he, I left in the morning, got on a plane and he was the same dog that I'd had the whole time. And I came home the next day and he died. And so that was just like too fast for something that I could imagine. And uh, like my life was in just such a transitional state, you know, working and stuff that I just had just, too much lethargy to really skate or do anything to, to until yesterday. Mm. Um, we went to dinner on my birthday and I kind of like put on a show, um, you know, and I, and I did, I was thankful for the love that everybody had given me and, and really people from all over have, have come to give me just support or tell me stories of their own, like their, their own pets passing and stuff. And, and, and it's been really helpful, but I like, I don't want to skate. I don't want to watch skating. Um, I had to, the next couple of days I had to write some captions on the site and I was just like, you know what, this is so, I'd probably be uninspired, but it seemed especially kind of pointless to watch, uh, Frankie Villani, friends at hurricane, a uh, pretty easy rail for him. Uh, but then, you know, a couple of days later we saw the shod part and I started to feel appreciation for the skating that I always liked. And, you know, I, I, I didn't skate today, but I easily could. Um, and it would, I think just be kind of like, you know, it would feel the same, the kind of mindlessness that goes into the moment of executing any trick or run. And then probably when I'm standing there waiting, I'll get like a little bit sad, yeah. you know, and I'll kind of move between those for a couple sessions, maybe for the next couple of days or a few weeks or something. But skating is f- fucking the thing. Um, I, I, I didn't feel physically up to it, but I, I felt really appreciative, appreci- appreciative, appreciative. I appreciate the place that it has in the community. It's given me more than maybe ever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. You can't fucking skate right now, dude. No, that, it's, it's, it seems like it would have been. Yeah. 
Yeah, it would have been a good. helpful and you know, maybe necessary I kinda, coping I, mechanism. I kind of wish Kristen was here because Kristen, you guys do too, I guess, in, in Phoenix a little bit. Um, but Kristen obviously has an indoor park that she like relies on, right? Like yeah. the, the amount of time, the amount of clips that I see her skating that thing and the way that she's spoken of it as being the like perfect situation for learning tricks. Cause there's a rail that yeah. you can drop down to like two inches off the ground. There's everything you can just sort yeah. of work on things in there. Man, Chicago remains a place where there is just there there are very few indoor options for a place where the weather is shitty for eight months out of the year. It is it is unbelievable how like the dearth of good options that we have for indoor stuff. So it's it's tough. Like I'm very fortunate to have a hookup uh, with Vans, so I can sometimes go to the house of Vans. Uh, but it's you know I gotta t I gotta call the dude or Damn text flex. the dude and bother him and be like, hey. <laughs> you are you, you you going in anytime and like i don't like bothering folks and like i you yeah. know so yeah it's it's a it's a tough time in chicago it's it's the annual tough time to skate in chicago but whatever we do it we get work done i visited you about this time to skate that parking lot last year um i think it was november it was cold and it was so fucking cold yeah <laughs> And then, like, I don't drink very much, so I think I had three drinks with you, which for mm. me was very drunk. <laughs> and so I had to basically make a calculation between either being able to skate with a normal head, but not being able to feel my fucking toes or anything, right? or just, like, feeling kind of warm, but completely fucking dizzy, and skating yeah. became impossible. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a sort of running line that two and a half beers is the perfect number of beers, but I feel like I might need to adjust that. Cause I used to, I used to drink a whole lot more than, you know, like two and a half yeah. beers used to be just right. Yeah. Now, for, you know, you get loose, are you talking yeah. about for just, skating? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, dude. I yeah, can't two and a half used to be perfect. I, I cannot no. drink. I can't, I can't do it at all. Yeah. I can't, I cannot uh, yeah. like, it's impossible. No, skating and, and shooting pool is always right around two beers. And then you, but you fall, like, you know, the cliff on the other side of two and a half is, is, is steep and treacherous. And once you go over it, you're, you're out. Yeah. Zero to a yeah. hundred, two and a half to 24. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Early, early thrasher videos and consolidated videos are like a total farce. Like, <laughs> yeah, those guys are fucking lying. Like, they were drinking after the session. So wait, no, speak, speaking of Thrasher and maybe to transition, let me read this caption to you, Ted, and you tell me if it's yours or not. I shot and Kyle have done a lot of miles together and somewhere along the way, the idea to share a video project became a reality from the first no. trips to the final cuts. They ran it and made it happen. Traveling, skating and filming with your friends. That's the way it's supposed to be. Be free, comma, indeed. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> that's holy shit. That's pretty good. I think that video actually came with its own uh, press text. Yeah, yeah, it came. Yeah, it came with its own press. Oh, interesting. Um, but uh, I'm going to find you just an absolute masterpiece if you can just sit tight with me. Be, yeah, and well, we should be. Do you want to find it? I'll say. Do you want to find it while Ted Barrow and I talk about Kyle Walker? So. Do you guys know who Chris Weimer is? No. no. He's amazing. He's such a good skater. From where? And uh, he's from Virginia. Oh. oh, that's important to this caption. All right, let's hear it. Uh, 
and uh, he doesn't eat meat or dairy. And the caption written by just an absolute, uh, just an absolute treasure uh, of uh, American literature comes in and says, the vegan Virginian won't harm any animals, but he'll damn sure punish some private property. Armed with I enough candy ability to kickflip where most can only ollie, this is truly an incredible part with some heavy John Alley vibes. I, that's that's your that's your shit. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my shit. Yeah, that's little alliteration, not too much. You know, Virginian <laughs> vegan private property. Damn sure, uh, yeah. linking it. Hard consonant, Un- smooth. Uncanny, classic Freudian <laughs> concept. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of zero, did you guys see the real video? <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of zero, what about bronze? <laughs> oh, should we do? Yeah. Let's do bronze. I have some notes about bronze. You took and I was notes? feeling Yeah, I took a lot of notes. Well, you need notes because they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that I'm not like an avid bronze follower. Like, I get what what kind of hardware of, do you do you ride, dude? Me, randoms. <laughs> I hammer them in. What kind of hardware? Do you well, I mean, yeah. fucking asshole. Well, it's a it's uh, a hardware when, company. I just want to mount my defense. When randoms went out of business, I heard that a bunch of Brazilian vert skaters bought up the remaining stock and like. Just have a stockpile of them. Okay, yeah. The meanest thing I maybe had to say about it, maybe I'll get that out of the way before I show some appreciation. Yeah, start there. Was that the new bronze video had some of the pitfalls of the earlier bronze videos, um, but they did it even less. And I'm talking about like their B-roll kind of art stuff. That's kind of like this, like ode to like uh, dial-up era, you know, kind of digital aesthetics. And... um you know, they just put in like sort of poorly masked stuff with like kind of choppy 3D animations of, you know, whatever Sims looking like people just doing any number of inconsequential things like opening a door or something. Um, the thing to me is that I don't know if you guys have seen Matt King's videos from Gina Matt's videos from uh, Chicago, but they made two videos, one that is weird and one that is uh uh, inexplainably weird, inexplicably weird. Uh, what I what I feel with a lot of bronze stuff, and and I think a lot of people will have trouble with this if they're like I think East Coast, but for us who kind of came to like this view of weird video making that also like kind of merges like shock video with like skate uh, hijinks, is that I I my note just says still slogging through the giant spider ho phase wake. Mm. which is I feel like there was this sort of window opened through Hofei's and, and Giant Spider. Um, and then Bronze came out very shortly after that stuff and kind of just had a little more focus on their uh, their like subject matter, which was just like the, the early Windows stuff, um, like AOL era stuff with like also maybe... I can't remember if they actually did like some like porn visuals or something, but I remember kind of them just throwing in a bunch of shit um, in between the skate clips and sometimes masked into them. And I just feel like it still it still aspires to be weird, but never actually hits me as sufficiently weird. Like I I always think it feels very like measured and calculated and um, just kind of like. Yeah, it's like a skate video, but instead of like the owl and Kurt Chart's part, it's like, you know, the same frame like 
echoed over itself. Um, and, and I kind of always want it to be a little bit weirder. Yeah. And no, that's I how I that. feel. I hear that. And, I, and, and so I remember the first time I was Hofei's the first one. Uh, I was Naga juice before Naga that. Juice. Hofei's okay. was really the one that was like kind of focused in on having like the soundtrack and the visuals be like, right. Really like just like a psychedelic experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and experiment is a good word. Uh, part of it is that it's like, deliberately unpleasant right and i, I yes. think bronze doesn't ever tip over into actual uh unpleasantness like they yeah. they will get strange and i mean it's also it, i think we have to say that it's important that this is like what the fifth major bronze release right and like yeah. those are they're in kind of the they are indebted to Green Apple, as I understand it, and that sort of movement. So, like, we're we're fairly far removed from kind of the bronze experiment. Like at this point, they are they do seem to be kind of just cranking their gear a little bit, right? Like, this is the yep. brand, this is the aesthetic, this is how it looks. Um, yeah. And you know, I mean, to Matt and Jean's credit, and their detriment, they're they are genuine fucking weirdos. Like, they're very strange yes. dudes yeah, who yeah. make very strange films. And like, you're sort of halfway watching a skate film and halfway watching a snuff film, and it's unpleasant. Yeah. You don't always want to be in there, and you like want to turn away sometimes. Like, that's not what bronze is. But I hear what you're yeah. saying, which is like, look, if you're going to if you're going to identify yourself, Peter, as the like uh, weirdo edit, you know, editorial masterpiece or not masterpiece. That's not his word, but yeah. You know, like here's, here's my aesthetic. Here's what I'm up to. Um, yeah, I think, I think to ask for it to go a little further and to ask for it to kind of follow its own sort of path to wherever it leads is a totally legitimate request. Yeah. Um, and, and then also for the clips look like they were filmed in PAL. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, you're in uh, New York city right now. Tell us what you think about bronze. You're literally in New York, literally New I York know, city. What's you, up? You guys just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I liked the skating. Um, I f focused a bit more on the skating than the, the editing, but I thought that the little skits mm -hmm. and that stuff is just like kind of knowingly, silly and stupid and, and hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'm not, yeah. I actually did laugh out loud at one of them at the, um, the Geico one. Yeah. That one was sick. And the skate shop one. Right. Right. Is that right, the same that one? The same one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Geico skate shop. Right. Um, yeah, yeah it's just sort of ridiculous and like, I mean, it's a hardware company, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it mostly sells soft goods. It's kind of this funny, just but, um, that's the model now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's fine. You know, it's just like skaters. I want to see like skating places that I recognize in some cases. And, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, are we comparing it to like Baker four or like, um, you know, an anti-hero <laughs> video or something like it doesn't compare, but it's in its own right. It's, it's awesome. And it's just like, uh, it's the sort of thing where, I think that the people, I don't know Peter um, personally, but I think like it's the sort of video you make in an era when you know that this is going to be a video that people are only going to watch once or twice in yeah. in like mm -hmm. a couple days and then that's it. You know, you, you kind of hype it up, you make it spectacular for cheap and you put the best skating you can in it. But um, 
I, yeah, it, I, it was an, an enjoyable viewing experience and I, I liked some, I liked a lot of the skating. I, 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 yeah, I should, I should clarify that I'm super down with the video. Like I liked it a lot. I thought it was cool. Yeah. I like, um, the skating was great in a lot of parts. Jacobo. Jacobo's yeah. so good. So fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was, this was the video where I like, I'm always yelling at Josh Wilson when he's on my screen. Like I'm always yelling. I was still doing that like, because of the tank like, top. Unclench your fists, like <laughs> loosen up your fucking hands or yeah. like wear a pair of shoes more than once. Like the, yeah. this, the shiny brand new, but man, I will say that the last Ollie that he does, the sort of ender, ender, ender of this video, um, it's in Michigan city, Indiana from bank to bank, from bank to bank over the, you know, there are those sort yeah. of like square things. And the thing is yeah. like, you go to skate that spot to fuck with those kind of square boys that stand out from the bank like you don't yeah. go there to ollie from like across the the whole like instrument panel and all the pipes that are there against the wall yeah, that the ollie yeah, is yeah. against that ollie is ludicrous it is just completely off the wall bonkers and i love that he landed with like he basically lands in manual because he just slides down the bank yeah. and you can just oh, see dude, how hard he's working hairball yeah fuck um, I, I like the sketchiness of that. I, I am I am just immediately turned off, unless you're Eric Ellington, maybe, by a white guy in tank top. Like, it's oh, just as a white a, guy wears a tank top, man, I'm sorry, dude, but no, it is, <laughs> it's great. We should it do is, it. Oh, we should all it do it. It is such an uncomfortable kit for me to see. Oh, um, just it. like sets off all sorts of like early childhood traumatic memories of the neighborhoods I grew up in. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I love John Shanahan. I think he's keeps getting better. Um, Sean Powers was kind of only had two tricks. I thought because his name was like in the tags that I was going to get more Sean Powers clips. And I was like, wait, he just yeah. did like the 180 and the switch front shove. Yeah. Maybe he did more, but no, he's on, that, he's I, on the Geno plan now. He's like, he's a legend. So he just, does. yeah, yeah. I thought Dick um, Rizzo's footage was incredible. I love, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone who dislikes Dick Rizzo. I feel like he's pretty. I don't know anybody. Sick. I, I don't know anybody who dislikes him, but I. Dick Rizzo, Dane Barker, uh, pr probably even Josh Wilson. Um, Are you just going to say the whole si quasi team right now? <laughs> Cyrus Bennett. Uh, there's just a number of guys. Actually, no, Cyrus Bennett is so amazing. I'll take that back. Anyways, there are a number of skaters who they they wear Converse or Vans or something, and they wear dickies and hoodies, and they're kind of incapable, I think, a lot of times of inspiring a lot of heavy negative opinions. On the flip side of that is that they're kind of uniquely non-polarizing figures. Like, right. they don't really inspire a lot of obsessive fandom either it's just that they kind of do skating where you go oh that was sick that's kind of some cool skating to see on that spot um uh dick rizzo often falls into that category for me which is like i enjoy him on the screen i'm not particularly moved um so and yeah, like, i think dane, dane barker is on quasi too yeah that's but, like the entire quasi i mean aside from gilbert no, fucking justin henry and uh gilbert and jake obvious like i mean gilbert and jake are untouchable but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh Yeah, I I'm I as I get older, I'm getting like I find myself oscillating between hating safe like aesthetically safe skaters and just really hating 
wacky goofball like yeah. costumed skaters and I go back and forth between like wear something interesting and then somebody wears something interesting I'm like wear some dickies <laughs> um I don't think but, Dick Rizzo's a dickies yeah, I don't guy. know Dick's um, fine Max Palmer had good shit yeah always he's like a jeans guy <laughs> He's, he's uh, more like Max Palmer is like, more like a Grant Taylor. Like it really doesn't matter what he's wearing guy. Cause he's got such a unique style. Like he can make it. Yeah. Max Palmer looks great. Yeah. The, the one ultimate value of bronze from their kind of first project. I don't know if they were a company at that point or a crew, but it's that they have always been loud enough to, to, form opinions about and and i and i do really respect that even if my opinions are that it should be funkier weirder and that they don't use destroyer as mm, trying to use kind of like the most instrumental part of destroyer to be like some like weird muzak um because it's just like one of the you know foremost figures in indie rock it's like part of a very like kind of plain canon um but that's it. We're in, we're in an interesting place right now where the end of 2019 was so heavy with skateboarding releases that I think one of the things that's great about this bronze video is that like I just watched it for the third time and I had oh, yeah? the, I had like the freedom to do that cuz I there aren't other thi- you know cuz I truly have zero interest in the zero video so for me it's just like all right this is the thing that's out. Yeah. And man I got to say there's something really really rad about like I just sort of wish, like I have this fantasy that everyone, there's like some sort of like gathering of everyone who makes content in the skateboard world and we all get together and they decide like, hey, what if we just put out one video a week and we just gave people a week to live with a video and return to nice. it and come yeah. back to it and like think about it and live with it and fucking develop some sort of relationship with it. Because I mean, I don't know, not to get all you know, the nineties were the nineties and everything was better then. but man, there is something lost when like, you know, not just that we're making videos that understand that they're going to be obsolete and moved on from quickly. But the fact that like it robs skaters of the opportunity to develop a relationship with a piece of media yeah, and that's it, you know? And like one of the main reasons I write about things these days about like skate videos is that like god here's a here's an excuse to like spend some time thinking about it because otherwise it's just fucking in and out and yeah. i don't know i don't know it's uh, nice it's nice to form the relationship i've formed with the bronze video in the last like three or four days or whatever it is it feels different and i'm i'm, I'm enjoying it yeah i sometimes wonder if like um <clears throat> the reason why because i Often what I am writing about skateboarding, at least on Instagram, I'm writing about old videos or old video parts or just like certain right. eras. And I wonder yeah. if the reason why I'm so interested in those, I, I don't necessarily think that they were better at all. And it's, right. you know, on almost any scale, it's pretty easy to be like, well, Kyle Walker is a better skateboarder than Mike Carroll because he right. front boarded that huge <laughs> thing. And Mike Carroll yeah. never did, you know, like, but like for me, they just mean more is cause it's exactly that, that like digestion that is necessary in understanding anything, which is so easily lost uh, if you just completely just click to the next thing and, 
or watch it yeah. only once. You know, you need time to digest. You need ideas take time to form. They're, they're not so quickly connected to words and to images um, with the same speed. And um, it would I, I kind of hope or don't, I don't know, that like the generation of kids that are like 16 to 20 that these videos are aimed at to whom these videos are like, you know, really focused. Yeah. I hope that they have that, that, um, opportunity to be like, really like be like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I don't know if it'll be the bronze video, but that would be amazing. <laughs> but like, you know, like in, I sort if, of bet it is right. Like, I think there are, I think I gotta, I gotta imagine there are people who like, unlike me and it sounds like unlike Ted Schmitz a little bit, like the bronze videos to me all blur together. Like I could not tell you yes. who's in it's time. Who's in, yeah. um, you know, 56 K like I couldn't tell you which of those is which to save my life, but right. I got to imagine that there are kids who can, right? Like a lot of that is me just being like, yo, that's not really for me. Well, also, also just based on, um, the fact that there's like a little bit of a generational difference between myself and Ted Schmitz, like, like his sort of seminal videos, his, the videos that sort of crystallize a certain idea about skateboarding. Ban this animal chin. <laughs> Fucking sick boys. No. Yeah. Sick boys. Yeah. Like those, like his, are, I love voiceover. <laughs> yeah, his are different. So different than, than, than ours, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and they they sort of show a different skateboarding, but they mean just as much, I would assume. Right. Um, yeah. No, mine mean more. <laughs> mine mean more because there are more <laughs> stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ali Bulala had the most stairs, <laughs> so his part was the best, and it means the most. Yes. <laughs> Where's the lie? <laughs> uh, yeah. The, uh, one thing that I do get worried about in the age of New York centric titlelessness is that. They also become a sort of knowing the names and spots and sort of the knowing the uh, catalog of, you know, Bronze 917 um, and uh, whatever else uh, happens in New York. That's it, right? That Those are the only two things that happen in New York? Yeah, okay, a, good. And, a and B. A, a and B. Um, no, is that um, it kind of breeds a sort of... Uh, I think insider dialogue in like in New Yorkness. So like, so, and it, and it breeds a sort of esoteric taste to be able to immediately know on screen, like, yeah, exactly. When like Converse and Dickie's guy shows up to know that it's either the real deal, Dick Rizzo right. or, or, or to know that it's like uh, a faker schlub in like a Becky video or something. Um, and, and to know, and to know these like subtle differences between like, <laughs> Uh, these like really close shades of whiteness, um, it, it sort of becomes a kind of a measuring stick for taste, um, which sometimes makes me feel very outsider and very confused. And I'm fine with that because I don't particularly care to know the, you know, that when I'm watching a bronze video that I know <clears throat> but, who it is. But, but Ted, just as a counterpoint, like th that argument could be made and maybe even has been made about Phoenix, Arizona as well, right? Like pyramid country b became a whole aesthetic and the stuff that came before that, it was like, Oh, here's, 
And, and I mean, no offense to all the nice people I've met in Arizona, but like, oh, here's a guy who, sk- who skates one rail and has pink grip tape and does step offs <laughs> and wears slip ons and like, you know, does bonelesses. And like, it's like, oh, you, you know, said I mean, about seven awesome th- things right there. The, <laughs> fact, the fact that like a region and a scene has a sort of, you know, uh, unity that is also a kind of interchangeableness is, you know, both the kind of beauty of it and, you know, the automatic downside of it. Right. Like, do yeah. I know which one buggy is like I do now? You like better. I went, I yeah. went through the work of figuring out buggy and now I know yeah. who buggy is, yeah. but like, do I know who like snot rag or whoever from Phoenix is with his, yeah. you know, two different colored rails? I don't, but like, Snotrag is the dude who always wears two right shoes. Like it's fucking crazy. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. And and uh, and this will probably come off like having some sort of like Southwest inferiority complex. But I think what I'm having issue with is the you know. And I'm not really picking a fight with this person. I I get along with them quite well online. But one time I was like, you ever notice that like fucking. Mike Arnold and Casper Broker and fucking Nick Stain like are basically the same dude. And th- and they were like, oh, that's crazy. Like they look totally different. And I was like, what? Like, right. That looks right. like the same white dude. Like, right. and, and they are almost obnoxiously white and right. they're like, uh, in their kits. They're like six two, one ninety five. 195. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you know, pant baggage, exact right. same kind of, Dicemeter between their kneecap and the start of their pant. Um, and yeah, I just was like, I was like, dude, fuck, does anybody else feel absolutely confused that's by like, like the similarity of the kitness? Yeah, but think about like, you know, that f- photo of like the Alva team where they're all wearing leather jackets and hanging out in like a Chicago oh, yeah. alley looking tough, or like the Bones Brigade. I mean, not to be too historical about it, but like every single brand has a look. You know, and this is what's kind of a what's yeah. kind of cool about the fact that they're like that. This is the we're talking about a hardware company that's like trying to establish a look. Like, how do you make fucking hardware actually seem cool? You know, I mean, but you, but they're not actually a hardware company. I mean, what they are is an is a brand. They're a brand, right? Like, what yeah. they produce doesn't matter. What dime makes doesn't matter. What quarter snacks makes doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, what matters is the idea and the image and the sort of product they the the media product that they put out, yeah. right? Like, yeah. but I think I mean, part- Shorty's was a hardware brand. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. But that is an incredible <laughs> thing to remember. Um, Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have less of a hard time with it with West coast stuff. And, and I definitely don't want to say that we, that the West coast barometer should be given priority over, you know, an East coast, um, uh, view or, or, you know, to to have a predominantly East coast view of, of skating and to have a nuanced view of the different people and the different actors. But I'm always like, dude, when fucking Jeff Carlisle shows up, like, GX dude, I'm like, yeah, that's Jeff Carlisle. Like, he looks real suspicious. Like, mm. he looks at spots like he doesn't fucking trust him. Mm. And uh, and I'm like, cool, that's that guy. Kind of looks elfish, but he's got a big old beard. Mm. Um, and then Sean Green shows up, and although he is mostly just hit like hoodies and workwear pants, it's like he has like his like literally the way his body looks. He has a different style than everybody. I blame Texas for mm. that. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, okay, that's. That is like always helpful to me to have like some sort of 
signature differentiators uh, that help the foreign folks like myself. But man, uh, that's such a burden to put on the skater, isn't it? Isn't that just a fucking ridiculous no, I just think thing to, have to say of like each skater? Like, not only do you need to get go your own out costume there and do the the shit that like you know you can do as well as and then better than other people. Not only do you have to somehow stand out in an era yeah. when everyone can skate anything, like everyone yeah. can skate ledges and everyone's going to take, you know, everyone can at least skate an eight stair rail or whatever, including Ted Barrow. Like, you know, like a Nolly, ten, fact, Nolly front salad, Nolly front salad like, at 10. But yeah. then to say also like, you've got to look somehow d- d- distinguishable is just so fucking hard. Well, uh, yeah, well, Wait, t- but uh, Ted Barrow, you were making a point earlier about brands before I, made my own incredibly good point about uh brands yeah, you kind of bulldozed what were you gonna me say? um were, <laughs> <excuse> me. <laughs> uh i was i i honestly probably didn't have a point but i i think that like all it would take was like two rewatchings of any fucking bronze video to figure out who the fuck these people are you know yeah. and like yeah. i i know it i mean honestly when I started watching GX videos, I was like, dude, all these guys skate the same. They're exactly the same. Who the fuck? And then, then you yeah, started I to thought, do I thought it was two people. Yeah. I thought it was like a guy <laughs> named G and a guy named X. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to be X. I, like, I, I want to be X I think, so I think bad. X is like, is goofy footed. No, <laughs> yeah, G's no, goofy no. footed because it's G. No, G does the ledge lines and X does the hills. <laughs> is G walls and X's hills? Are those is the X uh, intersection and G? You know, but um, yeah, but no, I mean that's just the way you know. It's it's a matter of um, your aesthetic. If you respond to it, you're going to yeah. be interested in it. You're going to want to learn about it and be like, oh, that is that one dope dude. If it, otherwise, it's gonna it's um, if you don't relate to it and it just sort of rubs you the wrong way, then then there's no reason. There's a thousand other videos that you could like. Yeah. There's a bunch of Carcosa looking pyramid country dudes that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and, and, and again, it's I'll just, right. I'll, I'll just end it by saying my, my issue is not with the dudes necessarily dressing similar looking, you know, like different iterations of white archetypes. It's that uh, it's the sort of way that people use the ability to decipher those as like obvious uh, and they're kind of used as like a marker for you to like not understand. Like, uh, you, you can get the subtlety and the nuance of like the bronze scene or, or, <laughs> you know, these little skate things. And, and admittedly, maybe I don't cause there's not a lot of things that I do get, but, um, but I do like skating and I do like that. And I do like a shots part in the new real video, Kyle Walker, not so much. Uh, hmm. did you see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. You got us here. Second did. <laughs> um, here's the thing that I, I want to say about the real video is that the video that I watched m- more than there was an early 90s period where the video I watched more than anything else was the real video. Yeah. Same. With Edward, Edward, Edward DeVera and mm-hmm. Sean Mandoli, James Kelch, Jim T of course had his yeah. wonder woman section. Yeah. Max video. Shaft, Max. Dennis Boussinet, Damian Bravo talking my language. Here we go, baby. The thing that I felt when I watched, what's it called? Be free, be free, be free. Um, yeah. Indeed. I f- indeed I felt <laughs> I felt immediately like the lineage I felt the heritage right and heritage is a word that you know is 
abused a lot among brands, right? It just means like we've been here forever. Um, and some brands handle it very well and others handle it terribly. Um, and I think real has the very unique challenge of having been around as long as and longer than any of the other brands that we think of as kind of having faded or whatever. Um, and I think this was a video that to me felt like immediately that it tapped back into the feel of the real video, right? With the soul, mm-hmm. um, with the Afro pop of, uh, Ashad's part, like it just felt like we were immediately back in a sort of vibe that felt familiar. Um, and I liked it. <clears throat> I liked it. Like I liked the video a lot. Well, uh, on that note, um, what, what was the artist that Kyle Walker skated to? Sensei ain't no catching up today. If you ain't real, get the fuck away. Fuck away. How you a G, you scared to bust a K. Bust K. Hit you with the butt of the Glock and it bust your face. Oh, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Seemed like kind of, I mean, I don't know either, but it like did not seem to fit the vibe of like your classic real, real video. Um, no. And it like, no. see, I don't Fair. like, like, I love, um, I don't love, but like, I'm cool with hip hop and videos. I like hip hop a lot and sometimes it really works, but this one was so braggy <laughs> for lack of a better uh, word. It was just like, you know, like if it wasn't young Jeezy, it like felt like young Jeezy. And it's just like, dude, are you feeling yourself that much that like, you chose this song or who chose the song for you and why did you let them? Because it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't want to, I, I hate a video part that looks like a victory lap. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is something like very uh, uh, braggadocious about Kyle Walker's you know, and, display. And this is, this is counter to um, everyone. And, and I'm talking about like some of the most critical people I know, like actual haters have, you know, assured me that he's like a really cool dude. So it's nothing against him personally. It's, it's just, we're talking about the video, not the skater. Um, there's something just that didn't sit right with me with that and sort of his style of like skating and rollaways and kind of like, you know, there's a lot of like, kind of like triumph, (laughs) like high fives and chest bumps and like hijinks that like, yo, did you see that car coming? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like and you're not down with that. Not in this. Yeah, it didn't seem to. Um, no, he he definitely has a relationship with the camera, right? Like he's definitely someone who is always like making a face. Like he does that one thing where he ollies up on the big like white like disc and kick flips off it, and it's a kind of rocketed kick flip. Yeah, and he sh- he shoots a look at the camera like uh, you know oh oh well oh. or we'll take it or whatever. Yeah, um, you know what this fucking podcast needs is a yeah. consultant who's like nineteen years old. Yeah, that's right. We could just at any point text and be like, hey, we're having this talk and we're out of it. Yeah. Like help (laughs) help us out a little. Yeah. It's like it's like a rappy guy and it's kind of like young Jeezy and they (laughs) talk about how cool he is. What what is it? Hey, there, there's rap music and it's not E40. Yeah. Could you help right. me out with this? It's, could you? Could I, I, I'm not yeah. sure, but it seems like it, it came out after 1997. I'm at a loss. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're totally right. Because it, it definitely wasn't um, what I would be able to identify as SoundCloud rap. Um, no, it wasn't so that. It, is, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was very like large. And, um, his hats and shirts are very colorful. and I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to... As someone who's from Missouri, uh, 
I'm not going to front on a guy from Oklahoma who carries his home state's apparel and attitude into the wider world. I think, fuck yeah, man. Is it, you like, feel like that's like an it. Oklahoma vibe? I think so. I think, <laughs> okay. I think he would probably be the first to say like, fuck yeah. Like this is, <laughs> this is how it is. Like, this is who we are. This is how it is. And like, I don't know, man, there's something, there's a pride that he skates with and it is, it is a kind of victory lap. Um, yeah. I, it's unapologetic. I think yeah, it's, I it's, it's, uh, it's got a jock element to it. Um, but it's also got a party vibe that isn't, Someone said it, I guess Ryan, Ryan Lay said it like he's, he's like, he's not lizard King enough maybe or something, but like, you know, I don't want him to be that. Like there's something, there's something clean about his version of like dirty guy and I'm fine with it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving him a pass, but I'm, I'm all right. You know, if I, again, like what on earth could someone with my background and age and diminishing skill level (laughs) like what could i ever have in common with kyle walker or want to aspire to be like him like this video is not for me that part is not for me i and like but if i were a kid and like i knew how to kickflip i would fucking be a huge kyle walker fan you know if i was like want to huck myself down a gap and like you know i what didn't like ill-fitting car hearts i I wanted something a little slim fitting and kind of edgy hip-hop like kyle walker would be my dude yeah, yeah, he fits onto a continuum that Real has kind of, I think, always had, which is, wait, is Raymond Detta from Oklahoma too? Where's he from? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is, right? Yeah. So maybe they just have to do like a one for one, like whenever whenever they, they lose in Oklahoma. They do always kind of find a, a nice little balance in kind of like what they have as like kind of, I guess, like top tier rock stars, like. Yeah, maybe it was Busnitz for a while, or uh, Nick Dompier was kind of it. Peter Ramondetta was definitely it, where they they're just kind of like, fucking this guy does big ass kickflips, big ass lip slides, like fucking, you know, simple manuals. Like he does manual hard flip. Like he doesn't do, like he's not Gustav Tonison. He's yeah. just like, yeah, fucking. Maybe he'll do like a fake manual kickflip. And submit it to Vent City for the Instagram. Yeah. Uh, he's but, a cup, he's a cup soul guy. We can just, he's a cup soul guy. He's a cup soul guy. That's exactly right. And then a shot doesn't quite fit into this. But then they would always have kind of like the the flavor skaters that kind of weren't putting. Um, you know, Matt Field wasn't exactly the best skater of his day, but he but he had something uh, unique to offer. Damian Bravo was that guy in Real for me for a long time, where I just I loved his part in Real to Real. Nate Jones. What about Nate Jones? Nate, Nate Jones. Yeah. Okay. 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 And, All right. Sorry. I'm a, so so Kyle, being that yeah. you rooted, you and I are around the same age, and we have the same. Uh, yeah. We draw from the same well of skate nerdery. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Who of the OG real squad resembles Kyle Walker most to you? Who is he a combination of? Uh, <laughs> and like, is oh, this me, Rudy Johnson, for a sure? Combination? Of, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. Okay, I like I think. Okay, like is, I think you're asking this because you have an answer, and I think your answer is probably. Good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. Does it map? I don't think it maps. No, I, I yeah. was trying to think of like 
Because I was like, okay, if this is so much like the first real video, then then who's the what it was? Yeah, the no, but I don't mean it that way. I mean this almost entirely in terms of like the production itself. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, I, mean, I mean that largely in terms of the way it it welcomes you into it with uh, you know, uh, I, I have no idea what the music supervision is, but it you know it felt to me like a very kind of soulful seventies like uh streets of San Francisco kind of mm-hmm. real feel. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the sort of photos over the credits and the, the kind of vibe of two buddies out there skating. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it fits too well. Um, it certainly doesn't seem to me like we could track either Kyle Walker or I to some sort of earlier skater. Cause I think they are both very much products of the, the 21st century and what the 21st century has done for skating. Like I thought it was very interesting that I didn't have any transition footage yeah. at all. Um, yeah. but yeah, man, you know, I, 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 I know. okay. So no one's going to, I really, I want like Kyle Walker to be the James Kelch of, <laughs> man, I almost said Kelch. He looks like a young Kelch James is Kelch. So funny. Like Kelch's whole thing yeah. was talking. Yeah, I know. And I think Kyle Walker's whole thing is just sort of like, I'm pointing at my hat and like pointing <laughs> at the camera. I'm like, I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing at my hat. I'm like stoked at what I just did. And now we're getting back in the van. Like yeah. Kelch was on a totally different thing. Yeah. Personality wise. True. Yeah. I know. It doesn't work um, at all. Hey, is there uh, any? Uh, sorry, go ahead. You no, 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 no. You got it. I was just going to move uh, the conversation to uh, the the second part of the duo. Oh, I was going to skip that and say let's burn things down. But I'm so down. Anyways, can we just can we just sum up our feelings on a shot? I just love him. I think he's just done a tremendous job, and he hasn't slowed down at all. And yeah, yeah. That that's it. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, the only just, thing I would add is that, uh, and this again, I think is a point that was made in the group chat, uh, that I don't think was my point was, um, I think the fact that he doesn't seem to be super deliberate or intentional for me is, is really, uh, liberating and good. Like I don't, yeah. You know, the I think this conversation around the the Suchu part last year got really just sort of hammered down this question of like intentionality um yeah. and composition and using the skate video to um create a kind of feeling and being very deliberate about what what you want to be in the video and how you want it to be arranged and how that sequence is going to lead to some sort of effect for the viewer. Like Ashad just seems to really fully be out there doing what he wants to do and skating a spot and doing an incredibly difficult thing at that spot. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Like he's not, he's not composing. He's not deliberate. He doesn't seem to be super intentional. And I'm frankly fine with that. It does, however, leave him very much at the mercy of whoever's filming and putting the video together. Um, Yeah, that's right. And I think there is a good argument. Which works out when he's doing a sabotage. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. But there is a good argument to be made, and I'm I'm not the first person to make it that, you know, despite being the best skater of probably the last decade in terms of output, he doesn't have a single part that stands out. Yeah. And I don't that's know right. if that's yeah. if that's his good Nike or part, bad. maybe, but not even really. Wait, yeah. Uh, from Chronicles too. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was his soda year, and that's just when he had three parts, and that part was exceptionally good. But you're right; it doesn't. But it wouldn't it wouldn't stand out from no. the others in terms no. of like ability or uh, geography or or sort right. of resonance. Yeah, but it was just an exceptionally good part, and that's why sabotage videos are so important. Yes. Um, 
Let's burn it yeah, down. You, yeah, you want to burn stuff down? Yeah. Uh, I got one. I want to hear you, uh, your guys' opinion about this. But uh, black grip tape, uh, fucking Jacobo <laughs> skates shake junk grip tape, and it gets me so fucking psyched. <laughs> it's so kitschy and weird. You're into it. I'm so into it. Oh, wow. Dude, one time I skated mob grip with like a big mob logo right in the middle. Like it was the last sheet they had at the shop. And I was like, you know what? That is like probably the most like nose snubbing move you could ever do to like the top of a skateboard like being a being a nice thing to look at and uh yeah i kind of i think i'm in the mood to see some weirder shit and not kind of maybe intentionally weird but just in the weird in the way that uh fritz mead is a weirdo kind of shit like that you know hmm. I'm in the mood for it right now. That's nice. it. You're in the right place. I mean, you're in the right city. You're in the right state. You're in the right place. <laughs> we got some pink grip. Yes. Uh, I can't. I can't put anything on the top of my board. It drives me insane. It drives me unhappy. Well, it's a good thing you don't make skate videos, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim Barrow, um, what are you going to burn down? Shake junk grip. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, I'm uh, just kidding. Uh, I go back and forth, but yeah. Yeah, I I will say that um I've never I like kind of doing a pattern. I always use scraps with grip tape. I've never yeah. liked uh spray paint or words on grip tape. Makes me feel yeah, I'm funky. With you. Um, I'm with you. But uh you know what? I'm cool with everything. I have nothing to pyre. Just loves I just look skating. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't have one either. You you got you got Berkeley vibes right now? You're like you're like chilled out Zen dude. I, yeah. I I kind of Re, we rewired and microdosed and reset, as they say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I think I think starting 2020 without being overly critical is a is probably a shared feeling amongst oh, the three yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's what I will burn down because uh, uh, this is the this is the the week coming is a week that I'm going on a trip to Colorado. And just about all of my friends here in Chicago are going on a trip to Austin, Texas to go skating. Oh, nice. Um, so what I'm going to burn down is the existential reality of only being able to be in one place at a time. Uh, yes. Because okay. I have a feeling this is a year. And it's come up with this, yes. several other things where it's just like something pops up and I've already got something scheduled. And this is an adult thing for sure. So maybe our, sometimes our, you're our younger, your first day of a new job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling right now the sort of, um, frustration with the limitations of existence. I feel you on yes. that. Burn it. <laughs> I, burn. Yeah. Get, get rid of it. <laughs> it. It did us some good and now we don't need it. Yeah. All right. The internet was like um, the first step, you know, that like devalued yeah. that made our time worthless. Now let's make our time infinite and expansive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would, I would, I would really like that. Um, all right. Wait, we need a trick. Oh, good call. Oh, a trick challenge. I've never, I've never been able to get one. Do you want it? Yeah, get it. Do you want to name it? Yeah. What is it? Nolly tail slide. Nolly tail slide. Yeah. Okay. Nolly front tail. <laughs> yes. Great. Nolly front tail. Great. Oh, great. Oh. Yeah. What's the pro challenge? Alling into it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, pro pro challenge is Nolly half cab crook. Ooh. But, oh, okay. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But Nolly tail is just so incredible if you can get it to peak before you hit tail and so, so like vomit inducingly disgusting. <laughs> you're just walking if, up. It, you're just if you just sog right into it. Oh, expect some and, sog and, from me. 
And sometimes you can go soggy to fakey, and it's just an amazing flop. All right. Well, um, we got it. All right. I, I would like to see that, and I think most people are capable of it because it's literally a kick turn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good call. But... Yeah, I'd I'd like to do a I'd like to do a fun Nelly tail side this week. So do it. Thanks, do it. guys. Thanks, y'all. Scheduling's tough, but you guys um, we did miss it and we, we miss you, Kristen and Alex and Ryan. Yeah, we're um, they'll they'll be on the next one, and uh, here we go. Love you. Love you. Bye. Love you too. All right. Bye. Credits music by Alana Brine. You can find more of her music at alana.brine on Instagram or naivetracks.bandcamp.com. That's tracks with an X. Logo and graphic design, as always, by Michael Warfel. You can find more of his stuff at Warfel, W-O-R-F-U-L. Check it out.